This podcast contains strong language and is intended for mature audiences. It is for entertainment purposes only. Welcome back to the last relationship show of 2017. During this nerve-wracking and politically charged holiday season, Wendy and I sat down to talk about how to avoid common anxiety traps without curling up and completely isolating into one's comfort zones. That said, if the Hanukkah and Yuletide festivities get to be too much, we encourage you to reach out to a trusted loved one, counselor, or support group. If that's not possible, there are always people standing by at the crisis text line. Just text 741-741, or you can call the National Suicide Hotline at 800-273-8255. We're looking forward to new episodes in 2018, so please reach out if there's something you'd like to hear us discuss. Our individual emails and websites are always listed in the show notes, or you can reach us both at relationshipshowla at gmail.com. And if you want to do something else for us this year, we always appreciate when you subscribe and leave us reviews on iTunes. So please excuse the quality of my mic in this episode. Sometimes technology gets the better of me. Okay, let's get this snowball rolling. Look One, two, three, testing. One, two, three. On the day that you were born, the angels got together. Great. I don't know how to sing, but you sing. You know how to sing. I don't. No, I have a, a degree in theater. And when I went to my performing arts school, I had to sing. And when I sang, they told me to sit down because I couldn't really sing. But I heard you sing. You are, you're not flat. You don't have an unpleasant voice. You have a sense of pitch. You have a sense of rhythm. I was actually told recently by someone that they love my singing voice, but that it surprised them that it seemed, uh, it didn't seem like the voice that they would expect to come out of me from my talking voice. Really? My speaking voice. Yeah. Would you like to sing a little ditty? <laughs> 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 Shall uh, we do a duet? Uh, sure. <clears throat> for the holiday? Uh, yeah. What's your favorite Christmas song? Well, Let's holiday. do Frosty the Snowman, shall we? Sure. <laughs> Wait, are you going to harmonize? My mom was a famous singer. You know I that? Know. I know. The first Doublement twin. Is that for where s- some of your trepidation comes from? Do you get that in your family? She used to sing with my aunt all the time, and they would harmonize, and it was so beautiful. No, I just used to always sing in my car and as a teenager or, you know, sing really loud to Mariah Carey. And sometimes I would sing with her. And then other times I would just put lip gloss on and the air conditioner, you know, <laughs> so, so it blows hair your hair. Totally. And then I would just, you know, just pretend that I could sing those high, high notes. Sure. Well, I can't sing those high, high notes. So, I mean, I can with a lot of warm up, but uh, if I had to get up and perform them now, I'm sure I would fall flat on my face. I don't really think our listeners want to hear Frosty the Snowman. Yeah, I'm, I'm like <clears throat> trying to remember the lyrics. Had a very, I don't even know. What is, what is it? I don't know, but the dog oh, no. decided to, oh no, what? she's actually wagging her tail Come and baby. going over to you. I thought she was going to run out of the door. Yeah, I thought she was Hi, like, baby. oh, you guys are singing, I'm out of here. Frosty the Snowman. I'm, I'm so stuffy. I don't know why I'm so stuffy today. It's the season. Actually, you weren't feeling well last time 
we oh yes that's the joy of living with a teenager who hangs out with other sneezy coffee fluey nasty germy other teens and then he brings it home and shares the love that's that's love it is love so what's your favorite part of the holidays um huh so there's part one of my life growing up with um beautiful memories of christmas trees and a menorah and lighting the Hanukkah. Um, but we wouldn't do the prayer. We would say, Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melevitz Melevatz Mene <laughs> Because my dad was like really funny, but he grew up in a really, you know, Jewish Orthodox family. So that's why he married out to my Catholic mom, who's not religious. But we had a Christmas tree and just didn't do anything religious, but always had a beautiful tree. And um, what is my favorite thing about the holidays? Yeah, that I get to celebrate both, that I just I have latkes and I have uh, Christmas cheer and a tree. And I used to love the Christmas songs and not so much unless it's. I love Mariah Carey's Christmas songs. Oh, yeah. Those are really nice. And I saw a photograph. It looks like you already have your tree up. I do have my tree up. You are so ahead of the game. But here's the thing. What we do is we invite our Jewish friends who don't have a tree at their house. And as long as I supply them with food, (laughs) then they are so happy to go decorate my tree. So it's kind of ironic. It's very funny because it's like all these friends that are Jewish that decorate my beautiful tree. Do you have, what's your deal? Yeah, well, Miss Jenny? we have a tree. Uh, we actually bought a an artificial tree last year for the first time since I, I think since I've lived in LA. Maybe I had one many moons ago, but now we have a place to store it. So we got a pretty nice one that looks really good. And I love real trees, but they're kind of a pain in the ass. Too. Such a pain in the ass. So now that we have storage, we could get one. and But we haven't put it up yet. We used to always get it and put it up on the 20th because it's also the anniversary of when uh, my husband proposed to me. Aww. And he proposed to me when we were putting up the tree and putting it together. And Ugh, beautiful. Yeah, so that had been a long-standing tradition. But like many traditions... It's changed. It's evolved. And now we have a fake tree and we'll put it up probably within the next week and enjoy it as long as we can. My mom has a QVC tree that she's had for like 20 years and she doesn't take it down. So like year round, it's like Christmas. It's always Christmas though. It is. Because I know people who sometimes keep the tree up but then change the ornaments for the holiday or the season. Oh no, that's a lot of work. That is a lot of work. No. It's cute. It makes her happy and whatever makes you happy, right? Absolutely. Who cares? As long as it's not (laughs) self-injury. That's right.
so hopefully, yeah, I hope we get it up soon. But we just do it ourselves, put on the music and make it happen. And Do you dance around in little uh, elves outfits? Uh, yes. <laughs> I, I actually have little, I, I wish I should have them on now. Your except for they've got, they've got like little bells on them and they ring. Um, I believe that I posted one up of your antler picture. Probably. <laughs> yes, that was cute. So, what are we talking about today, Jenny? So, I thought we could talk about anxiety around the holidays. I mean, we've we've talked about some of these issues a couple of years ago with uh, Ivy, with my friend Ivy, but um, I thought it's always good to go back and look at what's going on with social anxiety and anxiety. We were just talking this year seems to be at... <laughs> Uh, all time <laughs> high, right? You are just yeah. speechless. Yeah, it's uh, interesting. So, uh, research shows that over 40 million Americans, adult Americans, are already living with anxiety, some form of anxiety in their everyday life. And then come the holidays, and it intensifies it. And again, research is showing that like eight out of 10 people feel anxiety around the holidays. So, it's so it's also really normal, I think, to just start there with normalizing it for people. Like, of course, you're going to be stressed out and a little bit busier because tis the season. And you were just saying you're finding things kind of intense with some of your clients. Do you think that some of that is heightened by the time of the year? I think it's clients. I think it's the world. I think it's friends, family. <clears throat> you know, I, I've said this before, which is that when Trump got into uh, becoming our president, which is so hard to even say, because I, I just remember him on The Apprentice. And, and did you watch that show? I did. Did you like it? I did. Yeah. And but then... not because I thought he was some <laughs> brilliant businessman or anything like that. Yeah. But yes, I watched it. So I don't know, just, you know, there was this huge shift in the world. And listen, I respect Republicans. I respect Democrats. Um, it, it's just this energy thing that is going around the world. And it just feels so heavy and intense. And, you know, kids have never been more stressed out. And young adults are really stressed out. And a lot of people are checking out and... You know, I wonder if there's a parallel between the selfie generation and the intensity of the politics and the decisions or um, horrific decisions that are going on with sexual assault, with the taxes, with um, Kim Jong-un. What? Kim Jong-un. Kim Jong yes. Um yeah. So so even if people aren't coming in and saying, oh, let's talk about politics and this and that, you know, there is someone who is. OK, so this is an interesting thing. Um, a lot of clients have anxiety about holiday time and discussions around the dinner table and politics. They're so anxious about not getting triggered or not hearing their voice or um, how the debate is going to play out. So I've been talking to a lot of people about coping skills and strategies for holiday dinners because, you know, people like to talk about everything. And so if it's not your drunk aunt at the table who is gets sloppy or there's, you know, a couple making out in a bathroom or 
uh, you know, someone throws away some holiday dish, holiday dish that you wanted to take home or, you know, um, some Jerry Springer shit that goes down. <laughs> um, you know, politics is a big one. And yeah. Did you ever, were you the kind of family that debated all that and talked about that or like world current issues? Well, it's really interesting because I come from, and I know you can relate to this, even though it looks different on the outside. I know some of it was similar for us. Uh, I grew up in a family of artists and performers and academics. And so they're generally pretty left-leaning and liberal. And my father is a Mexican-American. And so I see things through that lens, through um, the lens of minority and also growing up in poverty. My, my father was you know, grew up dirt poor. Um, both my parents were baby kids in the Depression. So as we talked to your dad about earlier this year, that really affects people and how they see the world. Um, and interact with it and how families relate to one another. So there was political activism in my family in terms of there were as a union family and stuff like that. So there were conversations about it, but everybody pretty much seemed on the same side. And then there was an understanding of some, some people aren't on the same train, right? They don't believe the same things and you don't really talk about it. Uh, my grandmother was a Republican, a registered Republican, but she also was from a time when Republicans, it wasn't the way it was when Reagan got into office, things started to change shift slowly and, and have continued to. So I remember having a conversation with my grandparents on the phone and my grandmother was, she was very upset about some anti-choice movement that was... Uh, trying to fuck with Roe v. Wade and regardless of her being a Republican, she was very pro-choice and pro-female in that way. And she was going off and she was in her late 70s at this point. I was like, get it, grandma. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, Nana, you go. You should be president. And my grandfather was on the other extension, right? This was when you could have them both on the phone at the same time. And he was like, no, she should not. She's a Republican. <laughs> and it was very clear. Like, he was like, no, you don't want, you don't want. And that was like the most political thing I remember in the family. And she just sort of like, you know, you could hear her like, oh, Belle, you know, and he's just like laughing. Uh, so there was kind of a humor about it, but... I'm I'm really glad they're not around to kind of see what's going on now because I think it would scare the hell out of them. And actually, I was having a conversation with Tom the other night about families and people, the, the social message that we've been given over the years of you don't talk about religion and politics, like in polite conversation that doesn't come up. And that seems completely out the window anymore. Yeah, no boundaries. Because we're, re you know, we're led by someone who has no boundaries. Like I said, I have young adults and teens and kids that come in and they're scared. And that is just so different than the last president that we had that inspired hope and change. And, you know, nobody's perfect. But, I mean, definitely the, the feeling is so different, you know. And this generation is feeling so helpless and hopeless and scared. And, 
Just but it's true, and I think that the adults feel the same way. And that, of course, <laughs> as we talk about anxiety being contagious, that it, it's hard because you're trying to find that balance. And I don't know if you've been dealing, I know you've been dealing with this in your personal life and your professional life with the clients, but for adults to figure out, like, how much do you share? Because you don't want to lie to them. They're getting information. They're picking it up, and they're hearing things. They want to have these conversations, you want to reassure them, but if you're not feeling reassured yourself, what do you do? Yeah, and as a therapist, we're supposed to stay, quote, you know, um, neutral. But, you know, I don't, I don't, it, there's no agenda for me. So when my clients come in, if they want to debrief or talk about it, whether they're Republican or Democrat, you know, um, I, I want to learn more. I'm curious. But that doesn't mean that, you know, I can't have some internal feelings about whatever, and try to use my authenticity in a supportive, caring way, um, because I always want to learn. And so I'm sure there's a lot that I don't know about. And um, and it's it's just a very intense time. It's just ironic that here we are at a time in life where we're celebrating the holidays. It's supposed to be a magical, incredible time. And yet everyone, one by one, the White House staff are going to jail. <laughs> they're like, they're like, okay, another one, you know, right. is just being, you know, called into the Senate and asked to you would get deposed. And it's just not going to be a nice Christmas for some people. Yeah, I guess that's something uh, that we can all think about when we're feeling anxious or uh, nervous about the awkward and uncomfortable conversations we we may be having with our family or loved ones, that there will be people who will be having much more difficult holidays uh, and discussions when it is in their own families that they are looking at jail time. But <laughs> <laughs> they are when they are going to be in you know indictments and all of these things. Yeah. Did you see, speaking of holidays at the White House, did you see the photograph? That's our title. Of the holidays at the White House. Yes, bitch. Yes. That's the title. Yes, bitch. Did you see that those photographs of uh, Melania's decorations? Oh, yeah, where she doesn't touch an ornament, but she's just ever so slightly just tapping on it. Where they call in 500 people to go decorate the whole place and then they do her hair and makeup and she's leaning over as though she's fucking exhausted. You know she didn't touch anything. Well, plus like just the the decorating choice. And I do want to, look, I want to give her a little bit of credit because everything in Trump Tower and in their world seems to be dipped in gold, right? But everything... In this Christmas decorating the White House is like white sticks and silver, but it looks like barren, barren landscape. Yeah, rigid. <laughs> like, just like, uh, it doesn't feel empty. warm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like vacant. Yes. Like empty. If if anything, put a little orange since he likes orange, you know, on his sun face or whatever. Yeah. Like people... <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. The reason why I say that is because all the teenagers come in and they just say Orange Man. That's what they call him yeah, and well, um, yeah, some other yeah. things. So, but no flavor is what you're saying. Yeah, There's no like it's personality. It's stark and it's like, it's like 
frightening. It's like There's reflect- no personality. Yeah, it's like a reflection of her inner darkness. Yeah, but she always. didn't even do it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, come on. You don't even know how to hang nothing. Yeah, but you know Melania would be like, no. No, I don't like, no. No, something, no, something John, like no. no. And Baron, it's interesting. You said, yeah, so... so that kid is growing up, and I'm so curious to, like, whenever I look at, um, you know, like, news and when he's on there, he just looks, like, like fucking lost. Right. You know? He just looks like, like, what the fuck, and, and where am I, and why is everybody so mad at my dad? Right, and what am I, yeah, like, is my dad a douche? I mean, you know, I think... <laughs> I am. I think that there've got to be moments like that for kids, especially when they're on the outside. And I mean, I don't know. I don't know what his relationship is like with his dad. He could be a wonderful father. He could be. You know, and and uh, right. you know, listen, Ivanka turned out lovely, right? Yeah, but she was also primarily but, raised by Ivana and nannies, and you know, I mean, her husband might go to jail soon, right, but yes, you know, so. that's going to be a fucked uh, Hanukkah because yeah. she, you know, converted to Judaism. Yeah, that's sad. And so, yeah, so. so when is Hanukkah? What are the oh, yeah. Hanukkah this year? I didn't see any Hanukkah represented at the White House. Are there no Jews? Wow. I know there's no blacks. And well, I know I there's no lawyers. Hispanics. Tell Surprise. I think his lawyer is maybe the White House doctor. I am going to be incredibly stereotypical here. Uh, and please, uh, just oh. know I'm joking. Yes. Uh, but there are no people of color in uh, Jeff Sessions. Uh, office, we know that too. I just don't see anybody of color anywhere. No, no. I mean, all flavor is gone. It is a flavorless, barren wasteland, <laughs> <laughs> anti-intellectual environment over there. Uh, is this our holiday wrapping up yeah, for the new year? <laughs> because you know what? Maybe we should call this like unfinished business. You know, it is kind of like unfinished business here. So yeah. How, how do people cope with this? You got to talk it out. You got to feel it. Uh, often people want to, you know, put it under the carpet and be in denial and just avoid it instead of get in to a juicy, meaty, messy, chaotic discussion with anyone, whether it's holidays or whatever. It's one thing if you go to a cocktail party and, you know, you say something and someone goes, oh, and, you know, sets the boundary. I really don't want to talk about politics or, you know, whatever. But, it's okay. It's okay to be your authentic self, you know, and and be real with who you are. I'm actually hearing people saying that they don't want to talk about Trump because not because they don't think it's important and not because they don't have feelings, thoughts, anxiety <laughs> around it, but because they don't want to give him any more of their energy. Right, that they feel like it consumes so much, and when they're with other people, they want to enjoy that experience of being with that person. Which I know, but Jenny, it's hard exactly. to not talk about the brother. Exactly, yeah, you can't talk about it. It's hard. Not what? What can you? He got a new haircut. That's good. I mean, you know, with, fight. Which, which one? <laughs> um, Just kidding. I don't know. You know what? Here's the thing is we're always teaching love and release, right? Mm -hmm. Come from love, come from loving and releasing. And um, so on Twitter last night, Marianne Williamson, who I love, one of my mentors, I just adore her. She's like the spiritual guru for um, uh, metaphysical spiritual stuff. And 
she tweeted tonight at 8 8, uh, at 8 p.m. I'm going please join me in um, the world uh, praying and doing a spiritual meditation for North Korea and Kim Un Jung Jung yeah and you know ending it with like let's pray for Trump and Kim Un Jun and <laughs> There were not a lot of retweets and likes, and it was interesting. It was yeah. an interesting thing. I almost liked and retweeted, and you know what? My fucking thumb couldn't do it. I was like, I can't do it. I will, I will pray for um, world peace, and I'll hope that this generation can repair all the fucking scary ass decisions and the poor, bad, dangerous role modeling of the sexual assault and um, the frightening tax situation that is upon us and the doom and gloom of all the fear that uh, our president is instilling, whatever. Anyway, I just, uh, it was really hard for me. I don't mind praying for us and for North Korea, yeah, right? But when you say Trump and Kim Un Jun, what? Kim Jong Un, whatever. Okay, <laughs> it's like I want to put them in like a boxing ring with ISIS, and then open up the floodgates to our Crips and our Bloods in Los Angeles, and just fucking go to town. Cause we know who would win. Do you know who would win? Uh, I would say the people who really have had to fight for their lives, ultimately, I think, will win. No, I'm sorry. And would win in that scenario. In the boxing ring. So I'm saying, yeah, so I'm saying the the gangs would win. Thank you. Because they are are of the real world, and they they have... they are not also afraid to get hit and and hit back and uh you know it's it's an interesting thing being asked to <laughs> talk on this because i am also like i'm anti-violence but uh in this scenario i think that's really uh, metaphorically also a really good point to remember for us all to remember that in the in the long run there are more of us than there are of them and we'll s- see what happens and that i think is one of the most i mean during W, during uh, George W. Bush's administration, there was a lot of anxiety and a lot of frustration. But I had more faith in the system. The system around it still seemed to work. Congress still seemed to work. Uh, I still had faith in the law and checks and balances. And I'm not so confident about where Congress is at and and that all of our systems are holding strong because fuckwad orange face whatever the fuck yeah he's in there trying to change the courts the people who enforce these things and supporting child molesters and senate races and you know what's some funny shit is that i love watching alleged the... child molester yes alleged you know who you are i know um it's interesting to watch the Republicans smile, so smile with the fake and phony smiles as they're standing behind Trump. It's just like, come on. Yeah. Like, they're so fucked. 
You know what I mean? Because can they really just step out and go, you know, I don't agree, and you're supporting child molesters and, you know, support. Well, I also feel like they they can't question the legitimacy of his of his pregnancy, (laughs) legitimacy of his presidency, without having to call into question the legitimacy of their own, because they were on those ballots too, right? Uh, And if there has been interference uh, or influence that got him in there. It could be the same for them as well. I just want to say in wrapping up this year, stop the bullshit in life and fucking stop sugarcoating it and just kind of be your authentic self, speak up and like, you know, don't, you know, I always say fuck the audience, but I don't mean you listeners because you guys are fabulous. Right, yeah. All 15 of you. <laughs> no, no, I'm sure there's more. But I, I you know, we're very grateful. It, it's so awful for our kids in this generation to see such ass kissing and such fake phony saying yes when deep down inside they mean no, you know. And, and anyway, I just... I wa- okay, I'm going to switch gears for one second. I saw Denzel Washington's movie. Oh, how was it? It was incredible. And not only the acting, but the story itself, all about civil rights and, you know, and, and speaking from your truth and living from your truth, but also kind of being tainted into a world that uh, flips you into believing you have to drink the Kool-Aid and, and then kind of going back to your grassroots again. And, and then handing it down to the next generation. It was really incredible, and it just empowered me. This is Roman J. Israel Esquire. Oh, my right? God. It was the best. Oh He's definitely going to win a, a Golden Globe, an Emmy, an Oscar, whatever you call it. Okay. He's amazing. It's amazing. Go see it because it makes us go back to our moral compass and how you want to live life and what you're seeing in the world and, and who is doing good and who is doing evil and bad. Amen. (laughs) I'm not even that political, I got to tell you, but this fucking person is just, you know, this whole generation is, yeah. Well, I I talk to young people too who feel partially, they've been told or receiving messages here or there that they are somehow responsible for what is going on. And I want to say to those young people, as I said to my clients, it is not your fault. I actually have so much hope from the younger generations. They give me so much hope in terms of their activism, how much they know, how uh, engaged they are now with what's going on in the country and with learning. I mean, I think there's a generation of us who didn't pay attention until it was something that directly affected them in yeah. some way. Yep. That's true. You know, down to like five-year-olds that know who the president is, what they feel is right, what they feel is wrong. I, I I agree with you. So thank you, President Trump. You have never made it so relevant for young people to feel passionate about world issues. I definitely agree with you. Yeah. And hopefully some of them will go into politics and try to make the world a better um, a better place. <laughs> blah, 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 make it a better place. And and that's one of those things too that I talk about people who come in and there's so much like you were talking or you were kind of listing off a bunch of stresses that are causing anxiety with the world situation right now, the global political 
conversation and I tell people also like, okay, so if you just get so overwhelmed by all of these different things, then you're just paralyzed. It's really like pick a couple of things that you're really passionate about and work on those and trust that somebody else is going to be passionate about those other things that concern you, you know, and that also worry you and, and it'll even out, right? We can't all, if we all try to spread our energies across all issues, it's going to be dampened down as opposed to kind of spreading it out. Okay. Okay, So as you're talking in the back of my head, Uh maybe because I have ADD or whatever, but the song that came to my mind as you're talking, you hopefully you can find it and play it underneath your beautiful speech because I was just hearing that song by Michael Jackson. Is it heal the world? No, what's the song? Um, it's true. We'll make a better world for oh. you and me. Right. Oh. There's a choice we make it. Right to- <laughs> Wait, shit. Now there's my back. Wait. Um, Is that the Christmas song? I know. There's a choice we make it. We're playing our lives. It's true. We'll make a better day. Just you and me. What's that song? Free the world. Heal the world. They're saving our own lives. It's true. We'll make a better day for you and I. Absolutely. Do you know that, that song? It. I do know that song. Please don't play my bad singing. Oh, it's not fucking bad singing. I don't want to keep having this conversation. <laughs> okay, then play it. Heal the world. <laughs> make it a better day for <laughs> you and for me and due to this human race. So, yeah, There's a choice it. we're making. <laughs> I know the song. It's true, but make a better Okay, okay, I'm done. Sorry, I just. Whatever. And coping skills. What do we fucking do when we feel helpless and hopeless and there's unresolved I issues? Sing. I do sing. I do I sing. I turn off the radio. I turn off the TV. I put on the Cartoon Network. Don't watch H- news. Or HGTV. Yes. That's something else we can do for kids is make sure that it's not on for them. Limit the amount of time that they are exposed to news uh, and what news they're exposed to. Um, oh, and believe me, they're listening. Yeah, they are. So when you're in the car, you have a choice about whether or not you're going to put on one of my favorites, Pod Save America, or whether... Or one of my favorites, the wheels on the bus. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) So, you know, make a choice. There will be a time after you drop the kids off, you can go back to the political podcast and, um, you know, but try to keep them focused on other things where possible not to keep them in the dark but and don't you find it ironic that all this stuff is going on heaviness in the world and yet there's tons of mindfulness programs and you know we've never had to breathe and meditate so much or remember how to breathe and stop and focus but when you stop and focus there's some shit that's going down in the world nobody wants to fucking think about oh sure i'm sitting down trying to meditate and just clear my mind and it's uh it's one issue after another right namio horenge ikyo yeah 
So I do, I try to concentrate on the breathing or the words uh, in my mind, the counting, the, uh, I've been doing a lot of the, um, I guess it's like bilateral alternative breathing, you know, where you inhale and then hold and then exhale, alternate your nostrils. And what are you breathing in? Just. I can't breathe because I have a deviated <laughs> septum. I just realized that. So you just, you know, you just like a four count, four count in, like holding down one of my nostrils, right? So I'll go, and then you plug for four seconds, <laughs> and then you exhale out of the other one. What? That's like so, a neti pot kind of thing. Kind of, yeah. Or cocaine. Inhale on a four count, hold for a four count, exhale out of the other nostril. Or if people do count. drugs, you could do two lines for four counts no we don't want to do, no 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 and four counts of three lines for the other i'm kidding oh I my god please are. i'm joking no drugs i know you're good. drugs are bad uh, but that's the other thing right so uh, we work with people who their addictions can spike during the holidays or what happens when it's your first sober holiday um you know that's another thing for all these mindfulness programs and courses and books mm-hmm. and, and whatnot, we need to think about the people around us. So if your child is coming home from an addiction program for the holidays, maybe you don't want to have tons of wine on the table. Maybe, you know, you want to wait until they've left for the evening to go back to their sober living before you pull out the bong, the holiday bong. Or put the alcohol in a coffee cup like some people do. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh. Sure, uh, but yeah, be no, be mindful and be thoughtful. Mindful of yeah. that, not just your own feelings, which are important, but of how what we're doing affects other people. I think about that all the time. If I'm having people over, uh, it's like wondering about what people eat, right? Uh, trying to make sure that you have things that everybody can eat if they're because. Now there's always people who are lactose intolerant and people who are allergic to nuts and vegan, vegan and pes- pescatarian. Everybody has some sort of requirement. So and also using the appropriate pronouns like they or he, she, trans or that's you know it for <laughs> not it really, but you know uh, uh, everybody is uh, there's a lot of hypersensitive. Um, feelings about not acknowledging, you know, one's identity and how they feel, gender and all that. When in doubt, ask. I think it's really important. It's hard. I find I catch myself um, when talking about important people in my life who are trans and have been transitioning to keep the pronouns straight. I, I want it to be effortless, but it's not. It's not. And, you know, often I will uh, uh, misuse something, especially for the teens, man, they get mad. They will fuck you up. <laughs> they are so, and, and I say it goes both ways for how intense and passionate they are about wanting to be a different name or a different gender or whatever. Um, I think they have to have passion. Uh, they have to have patience with us that we're learning a new lingo. Right. Yeah. I was actually having this conversation with somebody recently too about that same thing, because whether we are talking about uh, gender pronouns and, and all uh, and orientations like you're talking about, 
or now we have this other issue around harassment and, and sexual assault and intimidation, right? So we're pretty clear on what sexual assault is and, and, and rape and these extremes, right? But then there's kind of these gray areas around language and interacting, like can, you know, how do I tell somebody when I see them that, that somebody I see at work all the time in jeans and a t-shirt and then I'm at a holiday party and they're dressed up, is it okay for me to say, you look really beautiful tonight or like you look really nice. Uh, in some cases that's going to be fine and appropriate. You have to consider what your relationship with that person is. I say no and report them. That's not okay to give compliments anymore. It's not okay. Gee, your hair looks pretty. No, can't say that. Gee, your dress is just. But is a woman so allowed to say it? Is a woman allowed to say, Hey Bob, your ass looks great in those pants. I mean, Bob might actually not find that offensive. And, I, you know, I'm not saying, hey, women, we should all be going out and complimenting men's asses. But I'm just saying. You can compliment. You just can't touch it. Oh. Well, I don't. Like, I. We you were, could say grab him by the pussy, but you just can't grab him by the pussy. Can you, can you say it, though? You can. Offensive? I mean, well, you can. And you know what is kind there of... There will be consequences. Jenny, I'm a little concerned about maybe our president having Alzheimer's. I am. And I'm telling you, or maybe just dementia or something. And I, I'm just saying that this week it came up that he didn't remember even saying that. And he almost said, like, it wasn't me, which is so Shaggy. interesting. It wasn't me. <laughs> so then Billy, whatever his name is. Billy Bush. Yep. Came out and said, you did say it. Yeah. And then I, yes, and that's cool because he's trying to clear his name and whatever. Right, he he went freaking down for that. So I tweeted him and said, thank you so much for clarifying that you witnessed that because we didn't know. for that to happen. I mean, it sounded like it was Trump, but, you know. It wasn't me. Well, it was him and everybody knew it was him and he came out and apologized saying it was him and suddenly he's planting these little seeds of questioning right of doubt wasn't me like does he think we're fucking stupid he does he thinks yes he does donald do you think we're stupid <laughs> he does that and that's to me i think what's really the most frustrating thing to me is that he's very disrespectful and people who love him <laughs> we're back to talking about him I again know, i know he can't <gasps> he touches everything hold me back but you know we're talking about the sexual harassment stuff it's going to come back to this as well like what's appropriate and what's not okay saying you know grab him by the pussy that is inappropriate uh, but my point for originally was that there are generations where it's like of course you always compliment the hostess on what she's wearing or a woman on what she you know that there was a school of thought that a gentleman always notices these things in, one, in a woman, right? And now things are changing. And so, like, you're talking about being patient. We also have to be patient as we're saying, no, that's inappropriate. You've got to change it. Some men who are harmless are going to step in it and feel terrible about it. We can call them out, you know, but they're not... Everybody who steps in it is not a predator, is not, like, out to diminish our power. There's also... They have to learn a new language, and we have to help yeah. them. And I think uh, they are raising awareness from a young age. Even the teenagers now, when they go to parties, it's really refreshing to hear that the boys, without even touching, say, is this consensual. And other teens... Um, even like sexually active teens, moment by moment, are you okay with this? 
Are you okay with this? I don't want to go too far. Are you okay with this? And because of this, let himself say, say yes. <laughs> no, I'm right, but, you, but it's nice that there's more communication, even with just every moment of, you know, how do you feel and is this okay? And but that's a big one. Uh, do you consent? Well, do you believe? Do you feel that there are some mixed messages in this? swipe left swipe right kind of society around this as well where dating and sexuality is becoming an online interactive game of sorts right and hooking up and all of that and then at the same time there's this also this backlash against the objectification of of people um and of wanting wanting to make sure that everybody's getting consent and wanting to make sure that everything is is clear and above board and people feel totally safe. yeah mixed messages all the time mixed messages so maybe an ex- an example is that you know you uh, are on tinder and the guy goes oh you want to hook up and the girl goes yes and sends an uber and she could get murdered but i guess she doesn't care and so you know because they're attracted to each other and that's what matters and so they go and um you know they get drunk and then they have sex and then she goes back in the uber and they never talk to each other again um so you know what message does that give to a man? You know, I'm not saying it's okay or not, but she's consensual, but it's a mixed message that, um, you know, lack of respecting oneself maybe, or um, thinking that you are worth it to go and actually have a conversation. I think it's just so easy to not talk. Nobody talks anymore. Well, I I find that too with people who seem to come in and, they, they're not having a lot of conversations one-on-one with people in their real life, like really open and authentic, and they don't know how, or they're <laughs> just, they, they don't know where to find it. Do you think, Jenny, that uh, some women now will go on dates, and at the end of the date will say, I'm consenting for you to grab my pussy? <laughs> just wondering. Uh, I don't know if in so many words, but uh, maybe women will take on more of a, I don't want to say an aggressor role, because that's too strong, but more of an initiative. They'll, I don't know, maybe that would be ideal. I don't know. I think that that's, it's a hard one. I think it's a really good question, though, because what is the impact of all of this going to have on relationships and dating moving forward? Uh, in terms of how do you navigate that and I still know women young women who want the man to make the first move who want the man to pay on date but then at the same time you know there are men who feel that that's giving consent of some sort that that's sort of a contractual agreement um or that they don't want to do it but they'll do it they'll put themselves out there but they expect something for it uh right or wrong uh, I have heard the arguments about, like, but yeah, but then why do women go out in packs, dressed, you know, dressed up Ho-ish. like this? Yeah, with this, uh, things cut up to here and down that they aren't. And, the under boob is big right now. Right, and <laughs> and is that an invitation? And uh, it's like no. But is it mixed messages? Yeah, it feels like mixed messages to men. But at the same time, I my response is well. 
you know, when you're going into a bar in a suit and tie and you're driving up in a really fancy sport car, should a woman just assume that you're going to buy all of her drinks and her meals and you're going to pay her rent, you know? Is it- I say yes, sugardaddy.com. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, like, are you going to make assumptions based, if you're going to make assumptions based on what a woman is yeah. wearing, or do you like to wear a suit because you yeah. feel comfortable and you feel confident and you, you know, and you feel powerful or that's what you like yourself in. And a lot of times women dress up for other women more than men. And just because a woman is dressed like that doesn't mean that she's open for business for anybody too. And, and maybe she is like looking for a hookup but don't assume that you're the one too that doesn't mean a hookup is also consensual Mm -hmm. and not rape uh is not pinning her up against the wall and masturbating on her or into a plant nearby (laughs) unless you like that thing yeah unless she said hey you know could you get that plant over there (laughs) that plant is asking for it (laughs) that ficus was But that fern is looking at me real good. Did you see the way that fern looked at me? Oh my god. That man. Hitting on everybody. But, uh, you know, parents are struggling with how much to tell their little, you know, their younger children. So if they hear, say, 10 to 12 uh, years old and they want to shield them from like the gymnastics abuse, all that stuff that happened um, with all the gymnasts that came forward. So sad. Um, And so is that a teachable moment or is that something that we don't share with them because it's a bad thing and they don't need to know it? You know, I know parents really struggle with how much to tell. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that there are important lessons that I'm assuming and uh and hoping uh that people parents are having with their kids like you're gonna tell your kid don't take candy from strangers don't get into that creepy van don't uh you know don't leave school without permission from me or you know one of the teachers whatever it is right there are certain things that kids i'm assuming are still taught that we were taught I don't know, because a lot of people don't want to put words to the real stuff that's going on. You know, it's still this walking on eggshell, sugarcoating bullshit. But then there are like teen girls who are being recruited by ISIS members to, you know, come after the graduate and go over and go to other countries and be with these Muslim men. Or then there was not... This is not an Islamophobic statement at all. There's also the uh, there's also the teen who had been uh, under the influence, who had had a relationship with her soccer coach, and they just took off. Oh, and now they yeah. just returned, and he's in custody now because she's still underage. She's only seventeen. Uh, oh, lovers! Yeah, even <laughs> if it, it starts out as conventional, no. yeah, or conventional, consensual for a teen girl. Like who's taking care of our kids? Yeah, and protect part them. of that is an online thing too, right? And to have those conversations that this this is always possible. People always joke about the war on drugs, and I don't feel like we have to start up the war on drugs again in the same way. But I will say that there is something about making sure that we are not skirting issues on. 
teaching kids about the dangers of alcohol and drugs and uh, and unprotected sex and all of these things that we know we need to do preventative information and I, I, I think that maybe the religious movements can quash those sometimes and that's not a good thing. Are you finding with your clients or friends or family a lack of spiritual or religious beliefs? That is kind of a running theme lately that, that there's more and more people who seem to report to me um, that they are agnostic or atheist, that there's just, you know, they don't, they don't, there's no God, there's no higher power, there's no, you know, it's uh, just elements of atoms. Um, I don't know if I've noticed an uptick in my clients, uh, but I do think that there is a, uh, I do think that there has been a shift in the social acceptance of non-belief uh, and absence of belief. And that's actually, for me, kind of heartening because I've been an atheist since my mid-20s. But I've been sort of, I was closeted about it, right? Because there was a lot of backlash against it. Even in my own family, I was just asking a question or challenging a belief, trying to have a conversation, and you're being told that you are basically uppity, right? Or that you're, that you are, that you're looking down on them. You think that they're stupid when it's like, no, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just, I'm just curious or I'm just offering a different uh, point of view. That said, I think a lot of people have come out more as open about it because I think people have for years and generations gone to church without believing and, um, and just done what they were doing followed a path because they were told it was the path to follow and not because it was something they'd come to and really felt like I, I really respect that you went back and studied your, your family of origins faiths, right? So Christianity and Catholicism and Judaism, and you, you decided what was right for you out of all that. And you continue to, you're spiritually curious and, I have so much respect for that because you're making choices for what works in your life. What I'm most concerned about uh, and interested in with clients uh, and other people are what is where do we find meaning and is, and can we find meaning? Does it have to be attached to a spirituality? So like dealing with people who are agnostic or atheist uh, or non-believers in addiction, right? They feel they feel on the outskirts of the 12 steps, right? Because they feel like they need to have a higher power. And I always say, just stop thinking of it as a higher power. Think of it as a higher purpose. Like just substituting the word purpose for this idea of like it, uh, a man with a beard or some like... The Oz yeah, behind the... Yeah, or some overwhelming plan that's that's already preordained and or, you know, men in robes telling you what to do. Uh, Wait a minute, that could be fun. (laughs) Bend over. Uh, So, but yeah, what is your purpose, and where where do people find meaning in their lives? And I, I think 
we are seeing right now that human nature isn't necessarily naturally great. And I think religion had, came out of trying to keep order. How do you keep people from not lying and not stealing and not cheating on their spouses and not, you know. Like the commandments or whatever. Yeah, and we need to increase our numbers. So we need men and women to be fucking. So we don't want two men to be fucking because that's wasting it. We're, you know, and that's going to be problematic to our brand. So, like, we're going to say homosexuality is not cool mm -hmm. and we're going to condemn that because that's not going to increase our numbers there. In the old days, they're not going to be having kids, so uh, let's let's try to keep our seed where it's fruitful. Uh, that kind of thing. There's a lot of ways in which um, in which religion has been a way of structuring society, and we're not in that place right now. So I don't know if there's an increase in the number of non-believers. To get back around to your original question, but I think there. Are that there's an increase in people coming forward or being kind of out about it. Yeah. Being authentically themselves about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and that said, even though I'm an atheist and I have atheist friends who would really tear me down for this, I believe strongly in um, that meaning is what you make it and that there are things that we don't understand. Uh, and... The atheists are the ones who are more likely to find the answers because we don't blindly believe. We try to find explanations, and that's where science comes from. And Always questioning. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so the bottom line is I don't know what's there or what comes next, uh, and I'm open. And Stay open. Yeah, and stay open, <laughs> like Dr. Wendy says, and yeah. And it doesn't, like, that's the other thing with the holidays. Back to the holidays is it doesn't have to be about, some people feel very strongly an anti-Christmas and anti-holidays because they think it's some religious thing. Um, one of the other themes that come up during the holiday times is eating disorders. It's really, really a hard time, whether we're talking addiction and alcoholism or um, drugs, you know, eating disorders are, are so painful and I've had a lot of struggles with, you know, the, the social component of family members and then having to, to either go under the radar or just avoid it altogether because they just don't know how to handle that. There's so much food around, you know, in the commercials and the markets and it's just, it's uh it's a really hard time um have you so what do you recommend for clients who are struggling with that or people that comes up what yeah taking a lot of time outs debriefing with a friend have a good therapist on call i mean that sincerely uh short spurts of successful family time where you just stop by and you know um or write it out and just do the best that you can. Uh, that's another thing, right? So around family times, they find uh, a scapegoat and just kind of want to take all their stuff out on it. And so if somebody is uh, eating disorder, you know, they're, they're saying, oh, you know, come and eat this. This is so important. What? She's not eating. She's so that. And then they just like the whole thing goes to that person, you know. Um, so it, it's... It's, it's a time where it can be just really traumatizing for people.
not even just eating disorders, but just a, a PTSD time. But yeah, but I I imagine with eating disorders, like the, the pressure around that, it's the same thing with alcohol, right? Um, and you're right. So taking that time out, uh, limiting your time with family, and also probably briefing besides you know besides debriefing with your friends and like your support system making sure that the person who is hosting even if it's your mother or your friend is kind of like aware you, you don't have to let everybody know but you know if you can find one advocate one sort of support person in that environment who can actively change the subject or you know draw focus if they see that people are beginning to target uh, you to kind of have your back in that way. Or pre-planned food. So I often I'll say, you know, if it feels more in control in a healthy way to package your food and tell the host and they can plate it the same way that everybody else is, you know, just whatever is very supportive and, and healthy. It's just a huge triggering time for so many, so many people. I think something that you said too was really important to remind yourself that whatever people are doing to you uh, around those issues uh, pressuring you about it it's reflecting their issues as much if not more than yours right don't take it on as this is all about me being targeted it's yes they may totally be targeting you but remember that they're targeting you because they don't want to look at their own stuff because they they can't handle they can't handle it they don't know they don't know what to do I know it seems unfair, but in some ways you have to take it under your own control, uh, which is, again, it sounds wrong because I know it's, uh, especially when you're talking about eating disorders, it is a control. Um, there's a lot of control around that, but to understand that what you can control and what you can't and that uh, you, can, you can change the subject, you can also be Teflon, not let it stick. What's, this, am I making sense? Yeah, no, you're saying set boundaries and take care of yourself and put yourself first and don't be held hostage by drunken family members <laughs> that are going to be really crazy. Right, or somebody who's slaved over a meal like and wants to shove it down your gullet, you know, and you're not at that place or who are going to judge you because you're not eating what they want you to eat. Um, but be healthy. What else about holiday time? All right, so some coping things for holiday, right? Because there's there's a lot of things that come up, like like we've talked about traveling, the financial stress, the overcommitting to things, the going to holiday parties with spouses and friends, you know, where you're not going to know anyone, uh, or you think you're not going to know anyone. Spending, overspending, debt, charging, going crazy with thinking that you need to buy things for everybody and their cousin, aunt, uncle, and niece and nephew when you don't have the money to do that. Yeah. A lot of people aren't going to have the money this year. Um, and a lot of people, I'm sure, will be nervous about spending the money this year. And so, obviously, you know, this isn't an arts and crafts show, but there's lots <laughs> of things you can do. You can make things. You can bake for people. You can offer to watch their kids, watch your kids, your friends' kids, well, so they can go out and have a night sometime. You can, yeah, you can uh, do kind deeds. That's nice, like make little coupons for, you know, get creative. Uh, you can 
You can give cards and say, you know, this year in lieu of gifts, <laughs> I have donated totally. money yeah. to Puerto Rico, you know, um, or to, you know, Hurricane Relief or ASPCA Animal Rescue that, from all the animals that yes. were displaced. I mean, there's so many things. Oh, and also, speaking of animals, um, I also want to recommend that as amazing as they are, be, be thoughtful about a new animal for a holiday because I think people think it's going to be a great thing and, and a great time that, you know, little Susie want has always wanted a puppy and let's give her a puppy. But the reality is, is you're going to go back to work soon and you just got a puppy and you've got all this other stress and you've got dinners and you've got holiday decorations to clean up and put away. Like to bring a new life into the house at that time, it's not like don't do it at all, but just really consider what that's going to add on top of everything else that you're already handling, uh, you know, and maybe it's better to say we're going to get a goldfish. Know, yeah. <laughs> get a goldfish or a turtle. Uh, or we're going to do this at a time that's not so chaotic around here. Like you are getting a puppy for Christmas, but we're going to get it in mid to late January or at a time when it's more convenient for you to be able to, bring the animal into the house in a way that is going to be healthy. and So you won't be selfish and neglectful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and resentful too. Like, well, one of us has to stay home with the new puppy or they're going, or you're walking out to the family's going out to go tobogganing and the puppies, you know, whining in the <laughs> kitchen, like, don't leave me, you know. And, but it is okay if they get it too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I'm saying just raise your awareness. But just be thoughtful about that too, yeah. as opposed to being like, "Why the fuck did we get this puppy?" You know, yeah. like the resentment factor. Right. What about loneliness and like New Year's and yeah. party stuff? Yeah, that's a lot of what I, I I hear a lot about. A lot of avoidance. A lot of people. God, there's so much pressure again. You know, with uh, movies and TV and commercials and just posters and billboards the the pressure to make it look like you know a kodak moment and that if it's not movie love you're a big loser and you don't have a life and instead of you know it all being black or white you don't need to avoid things um i often will tell people it's a nice thing even if you just want to do a stop by so that you can get dressed up maybe you know try to connect with some friends um you know and and limit the time again but i'm also feeling like it's okay to embrace uh when it's a little hard during the holidays and so get some nice new flannel jammies and maybe bake a, a nice dinner for yourself You're or speaking my language. yeah just chill out get a nice comedy or old school harry met sally or you know and, and just value and celebrate yourself get a massage the next day just forget about society's you know, jumping the hoops of what society says you need to do, you need to be out. It is. It's a very intense, can be really heartbreaking. Like if if I'm not that, what's on that commercial, then, you know, uh, the diamond, uh, you know, everybody proposing and buy your oh, diamonds right, yeah. and forever for us. And, you know, it's just like as though that's just going to fix everything. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like buy your own diamond and order some pizza if you want, you know. And or it's, it's, it's cubic zirconia. 
That's so nice too. Yeah, and, and find, <laughs> find your other friends that are going to be alone and make plans. And uh, we're a childless household, so we always meet up on Christmas Day with some other friends of ours who don't have a lot of family and kids around. So we always go to the movies and have brunch on Christmas Day. We make our own plans and traditions that are a little outside the norm. And... I, and I remember spending uh, spending holidays alone by myself, and I actually loved it when I was single. Like because I knew that just because one year you might not have anything to do, or you may not want to go and do the things that you've been invited to, it doesn't mean that it's going to be that way next year. And it's just one day out of the year. Like if you don't have a date on New Year's Eve, forget the bullshit. It is it is not some indication of the way that the rest of the year is going to be. You know, the way that the New Year's the New Year's Day starts is not like define the rest of the year. But it feels like that, Jenny. It feels so much like you're feeling like, oh my God, I'm a big loser and I'm lonely and I'm going to be like this forever or doom and gloom. As opposed to, oh, it's just Monday night. Or I'm in a shitty relationship and I have a, a beautiful dinner to go to, but I hate who I'm with. Right. And that sucks too. And that can be even more lonely. Or I'm stressed out because of work or I'm or I'm sad because I've lost a loved one recently and I don't feel it going out. I mean, it is okay not to put yourself in a situation that is going to be too overwhelming or too painful. And it's okay to stay home and cry too and eat some chocolate. All I'm saying. Right. <laughs> you know, honor your feelings. That's where my journaling really comes in. Again, I, you would think I'm a big journaler, but I'm not journaler. Journaler? Is that journaler, a word? Journaler. journaler. Um, writer. <laughs> Artiste. But just get the thoughts out of your head some way. So a chat group or call a friend or a therapist. Many of us do work through the holidays and we yeah, love it because... We're around. I'm around. Yeah. Call, call us. We are here. Um, but just you know it's an opportunity to many times i would do goal setting so i would do short-term and long-term goals and just you know pen to paper and you know just think like this is an opportunity for me to to empower myself on how i see the three-year plan five-year plan um you know and or just catch up on some really trashy tv along with goal setting for moving forward you can also look back and say, okay, what are the things that I got done this year? And what things happened to me this year that I didn't know were going to happen to me that were positive, right? Kind of where were the surprises? Who were the new people that you met that maybe you can't believe you didn't know them before? You know, you can't imagine a life without them. Just to kind of take stock as well. If that's a positive thing, I think it can be really helpful as much as setting goals. Because sometimes we do set the goals, and then if you look at the end of the year and say, "Oh, I didn't, I didn't hit all my goals," well, think about what you did do, you know, what you did accomplish. Because sometimes things take less time, sometimes they take more, and that's just life. Or the obstacles, you know. I'm wondering what what got in the way of me achieving this specific goal, you know? Not everybody needs to be goal-oriented, you know? It's not for everybody. It's just if we want something to happen in our life, it's nice to have a visual of what that looks like or even 
you know, who can be a mentor for me? What, oh, okay, I like how that girl dresses. So, you know what, I maybe I'll just, you know, put together a little list of some colors I like, or, you know, that woman's really smart. I wonder what Oprah's book list is or something. You yeah. know, there's many different things to to think about as we transition into the new year. And you're allowed to change your mind, too. I mean, you could, you know, you may have found out at a certain point that something that you decided you were going to do or learn that year it doesn't manifest or you don't stick with it because it's not right for you you didn't like it it wasn't uh, it just didn't fit into your schedule it wasn't uh, suitable for you at this point in time a lot of people ask me um when should i break up with the person that I'm with. And often they will say, I can't do it during the holidays. There's no way. And, you know, I need to show up for my parents or a party or this event. And I just can't do it during the holidays. That's fine. But also it's okay for you to do it during the holidays. Sure. I mean, you don't need to stay with someone just to, you know, say to the world, I'm out with a pretty dress and a, you know, and a a body. And also put yourself in the other person's shoes. I mean, obviously some people might appreciate you waiting until after the holidays, but there there may be some people who are like, but wait a minute, we just spent New Year's and, and Christmas together. You introduced me to your family. I thought things were going really great. And wait, now it's like, it's January 7th and it's bye bye like what huh like i just we've got all these photographs together you just gave me all these gifts right so think about that think about being in the other person sometimes it's uh as somebody once said it needs to be like a civil war amputation quick and painful but you know rip off the band-aid yeah Yeah. but it it also means that they can start healing faster and of course it's fucking sucks to be broken up around with around the holiday but but it also sucks to sit over a beautiful steak dinner with someone who you're not into or not feeling it or you'd rather be home eating mac and cheese in your flannel jammies right and you've been starving yourself to put in the dress to go to their work party only for him to be a schmuck and get drunk like uh, drunk and you know then fuck your friend (laughs) wait that didn't happen uh, so let's also take this moment, uh, it seems appropriate to, uh, mention that there's always the crisis text line. You can always, uh, contact the crisis text line at 741-741 or the suicide, the national suicide hotline is 800-273-8255. Uh, there's also the seasonal affective disorder with the lack of light. So be sure to get, I mean, we don't... We don't have as much of this issue out here in L.A. Uh, because of the sun, but be sure to get sunlight and use a lamp box 30 minutes a day, face, arms, and legs. Tanning booth, all that yeah, stuff. That can really improve your mood and, and help exercise, as you said. Lay off the carbs too much because, you know, that heaviness doesn't make you, it feels uh, sluggish and not good for your get as energy. Get sleep as you can. Um Pace yourself, delegate, share tasks. A lot of people can't tolerate downtime. They have no idea. 
if oh, you they're working like on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, now it's all slowing down, right? So we especially we're the hub of Hollywood and you know, when Hollywood shuts down, a lot of other places get really slow and quiet. And I don't know if you've noticed in LA, it's really started to kind of be a little bit of a ghost town. It's a little quiet. Well, everywhere except for the malls and grocery yeah. stores. But but I, I love it. I love this time of the year in LA when people start going out of town and it's like tumbleweeds down the busy streets. It's nice and quiet. But a lot of people really don't know how to use that downtime. So, you know, the workaholics or people who have been avoidant or ambivalent to connect, these are nice times to just learn how to be, to just be with yourself and and what comes up for you when you feel like you should be doing something, you know, filling that time with filler instead of, you know, having uh, some chamomile tea and maybe journaling a little bit or taking a nap or um, connecting with friends or making that phone call to a distant relative that you haven't talked to in a while. Yeah. And volunteering. Uh, I haven't done it in a while, but uh, the best. I regret it, but I used to go and do meals on wheels. I used to deliver meals on wheels yep. and just spending time with other people who are older and don't have family around uh, who don't have a lot of visitors putting it out and remembering that you have a lot of gifts to give people just by being present. And again, back to the gift giving, it doesn't have to be a thing. I mean, you, if you're going out with a list of people and saying, I need to check these people off my list, as opposed you're getting them something because you feel like you should, and you're just giving, you're just getting them something because you want to check them off the list as opposed to this is something that I know this person would really enjoy and use. Well, maybe they would really enjoy just getting coffee with you or watching a movie one night or, you know, it, sometimes the gift of you and your time is a thousand times more valuable than any tchotchke that you might put under a tree. Sometimes people feel like, oh, I have to be in a, in a good mood or a nice, you know, positive mood in order to go and volunteer. And you don't. You don't need to. You can be bottom of the barrel. You can be doom and gloom and sad and depressed and anxious and a hot mess. You can be just, just feeling internally overwhelmed. And there's so many wonderful volunteer opportunities like Meals on Wheels, Project Angel Food is Marion Williamson's. Um, there's lots of shelters and a lot of kids in the hospital that need you to just read a book with them or just sit with them while they color or, you know, hold babies that are in the system. There's so many wonderful things. Animals going and, and playing with animals at shelters and stuff like that. Staying inside and make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, put them in brown paper bags and dropping them off at a Stay park. Low. Yeah. That, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it, it that is, such a beautiful spiritual thing to do anyway, but especially at really hard times. I think there was a very sad time in my life and I didn't know how to pull out of it, but I found a shelter for uh, abused children and um, I, I never had such a beautiful 
um, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve and New Year's Day as when I hung out with a handful of kids that were in the system that had no mothers, no fathers, and just reactive attachment, really traumatized. And it was, I didn't want to be anywhere else except watching little cartoons with kids in their jammies. So grateful that they were just just adoring that someone was being with them, making them laugh. And it goes both ways. Yeah. Well, as an adult, you're getting it back, right? You're I'll never forget the kids. I'll never forget that time. And, and there's no other place I would want to be except at that shelter in Hollywood, hanging out with those kids. That's really cool. Yeah. Make sure that you make plans with the people who are the most supportive, even if they're not around, that you're going to schedule phone calls with them. What about the people that we've lost, uh, especially this year? Oh, we've lost too many. Yeah, a lot of people, but even in your family or, you know, um, someone that you cared about, uh, you know, unresolved issues, unfinished business. I think we're always telling people how much we love them and care about them. That's a nice thing to do. In some ways, always kind of saying goodbye because we never know, you know, it doesn't mean that the 90 year old person passes away. It could be, you know, a kid from drunk driving. Sure. So, but did you this year tell everyone that you love them, care about them? You know, did, do you have anything else, unfinished business with with anyone but if someone passed away and you have some regrets or some resentments or some unfinished business this is a nice time to get a journal write a letter to them um and maybe write a letter back what you think they would say to you um words of wisdom some nuggets of inspiration um, what did they mean to you what yeah. did they what did they say to you that sticks with you yeah grief and loss is that really big and again though the other thing is is I, I think it's really important to when we're feeling really emotional to try to get as rational as possible and remember you know it is just another day or another couple of days it is not um it does not have to carry the weight that we all put on it again it doesn't define the rest of your year you can wrap it. It is an opportunity. You can take the time and you can use it as an opportunity to wrap everything up in a bow and kind of sort things out and say, okay, what am I leaving behind? So Clear your clutter yeah. emotionally, but also like go through your home and just like, you know, let old stagnant energy go, donate, get it out, you know, and, and just start anew. This is, I, I'm excited about 2018. I'm I'm ready to say goodbye to 2017. 2017 has been the worst. It's just, <laughs> I mean, and we. I mean, it was difficult for us too. I mean, we only. This is going to be nine. We've only done nine episodes this year, which is, you know, far less than we wanted or intended. But we had so many episodes and so many times scheduled that we were going to record, and something came up for. For you, for me, for a, a guest that we had scheduled to come in. There's so many cool people that we want to talk to and that we're excited about. And hopefully that'll all manifest going forward. But, you know, this year has just been stop and start in terms of its flow. And it's also been a lesson for me personally of just letting go and going with that flow sometimes. Like Love that, and you know, release. Yeah, don't push the river. Uh and this, so the other thing is 
to minimize stress around the holidays. If you've got routines, stick to them as much as you possibly can. Yep. Um, Forgiveness is really important. To forgive yourself if you feel that you ate too much holiday cake or, you know, you said something shitty when you were drunk and, you know, or, or overstepped your boundaries or whatever. The forgiveness is really important. Forgiving other people, holding on to resentments, you know, is not, not healthy. So think about forgiveness, compassion. Um, and one of the things for 2018 I really hope people will do is, Really think about taking on some volunteering of anything, anything at all, you know, and, and saying, where where can I be of assistance? And usually it's whatever brings you joy. So if you love animals, try to reach out to a bunny shelter. I know one of my people. Oh, some that's of the, awesome. Yeah, so, but, but there's bunny so much shelter. work to be done in the world and you will get so much back from it in such a spiritual and emotional uh, you you never know. Um, I've been, um, in, encouraged some people to, a lot of single people to go and volunteer and they fell in love with some other volunteers. So you never know. You never know what you can never happen. You never know. 2018's going to be good, I think. I hope so. And so set realistic goals and expectations and also for your kids, you know, make sure that they have realistic expectations and don't, like you're saying, don't beat yourself up for what what you may do that is awkward. There's going to be a lot of awkwardness out there. It just kind of happens, right? Uh, and let's not get too over overly nostalgic of what it was like in our childhood, too, because I think we can do that to ourselves, too, is be like, well, this Christmas isn't like it used to be. Stuck and, in the past. Right, you know, and this year's so shitty, we're never going to feel as good as we felt before. And every year is difficult for somebody somewhere you know the biological factors too so physiological if you really do feel you know down or low you might want to get a doctor's checkup just to make sure blood levels i mean this is the time really make sure you get your mammograms your paps you know you doctors and um maybe think a little bit holistically about acupuncture acupressure some vitamins some supplements aromatherapy um you know get creative with your health and and let's let's uh set set up a new year with inspiration hope and and passion and remind yourself that you can say no to things too you don't have to do everything you don't have to go to every party that you're invited to right i mean you can you can decline in some invitations don't isolate that you know what Try to find that balance. Yeah, and at the same time, if you're a couple and one person wants to go and the other doesn't, you can go. You don't have to be joined at the hip. One person, you know, love and release each other and make it look a little different and then come back together. It doesn't, you know, you don't have to start World War Three, which may be in the making. So let's pray that that's not happening. But, you know, to, to love and release, I always say, you know, take two cars and somebody can Uber home if they need to. And I think on the holidays, I'm, I'm hearing that certain uh, services are free, like Uber's free on like New Year's or something. I think, don't quote me, but there's a couple things I think Lyft and Uber has some, there's a lot of um, Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. There's a lot of things that are offering free things during the holidays. Yep. So. And prioritize things too, so that you're sure that you're not prioritizing something that's less important over your own sanity uh, and your health. Like you're saying to go to the doctors is, is more important than getting the cookies baked sometimes.
sometimes you can always go and buy some already baked cookies if yeah. worse comes to worse. And when you are at parties, remember there are other people there who feel just as awkward and out of place as you do. When you go somewhere, I was just at a holiday party with my husband the other night and I had a long and interesting conversation with another spouse who was the other plus one, right? So if you are the plus one and you think, oh my God, I'm not going to know anyone. Well, there are other people there who aren't the work people and aren't going to be talking shop and are going to be looking for people to talk about anything other than work with. So, you know, find those people. Social anxiety and one thing to keep in mind is when you go to parties, this could be for teens or adults, it doesn't really matter, have three stories in your back pocket, whatever that is, because so many people get anxious and they say, oh my gosh, I don't know what to say. I have nothing to talk about. Think about three nice times in your life, whether it's traveling or music. I always tell people, try to go on YouTube, find something really funny. That's a good, you know, kind of conversation starter. Just something that you feel you can bring of yourself you know you don't have to sit and talk about the weather no you're right uh and stories about yourself and also questions for other people right so we always are afraid we're going to not have anything to say well people love to talk about themselves so ask other people going with stories and questions right so what are what are some go-to questions that you can uh, just open up with to other people um or be curious. Sometimes it's just complimenting someone. Oh, that jacket looks so nice. Where did you get it? Yeah, that jacket looks nice. Not that shirt makes your tits look amazing. That's okay. Yeah, no. Or like, you know, yeah, you look fat in that dress. We don't want that. You right. Know, so, yeah. Or, wow, those are amazing shoes. Like, where did you get them? Can start a conversation. You know, I will... I will randomly remark on something like I, I happen to love everything and anything that's plaid, right? So that makes it really easy. I'll say to somebody, oh my God, I love your plaid jacket, right? And some people, if somebody's wearing a plaid jacket, they probably have a story. If somebody, that's another good thing to remember for people with social anxiety. If you don't know who to talk to in the room, if there's somebody who's wearing something that kind of stands out, they probably want to talk they're probably saying hey look at me you don't somebody who doesn't want to talk or be noticed does not come into a room wearing a brightly colored shirt or a lot of excessive jewelry or you know there's there's things that kind of indicate the people who are going to be a little more open go to animals if there's a party and you're just totally overwhelmed and your heart is racing and you've got sweaty palms um and you notice a little puppy and or a dog in the back you know just just say oh you know what's his name and blah 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 and go pet the animal chances are other people will come by you and that's a good conversation starter sure uh also there are support groups Obviously, talk therapy. Be sure we're around. Al-Anon. Al-Anon. Know where your meetings are going to be. Um, if you're going home, if you're traveling uh, and you're sober, even if you're not, maybe you're just like, uh, how am I going to handle my difficult holiday? Maybe in, there's a support group in the area that you can sit in with uh, for a couple sessions or, yeah, going to AA meetings or Al-Anon meetings. Definitely. Or, Yep. Any of those. And then, of course, make sure you're up to date on your medications and uh, Xanax or whatever. Next year's going to be exciting. That's right. 2018. <laughs>
And I just would like to say, Jenny, it's been so incredible working with you. I'm excited about next year and what uh, who are you know, um, guests are going to be and the topics and the new goals that we're going to set and create for ourselves. And I want to thank everybody for listening. We really appreciate it. We are so grateful. And please uh, continue to write us and call and just let us know the topics that you would like to hear or the people that you would like to interview. If you have a wonderful story and you want to come on, um, please don't hesitate to contact us. 310-712-1230. 310-712-1230. You can email me at drwendyoconnor at gmail.com. And... Uh, tweet us mine is at ask dr wendy and i'm at jenny jv wilson that's jenny with an i uh you can find us both we're both on instagram i'm at the preppy rebel and mine is i am dr wendy uh so and my email is jennifer jv wilson at gmail.com and Wendy's website is www.drwendyoconnor.com and doctor is not abbreviated, doctor spelled out. Um, I also wanted to just give a shout out to the handful of guests that we had yes. with us this year too. You guys were fantastic. It was so great to talk to Sandra Fisher about Relationship Reveal. Uh, and we had Shelly Campbell on talking about money and financial stress we started the year off talking to your dad a great conversation Woo! With your al schwartz yes uh you know i will never forget that the wise bamboo bends um, Dwayne law came on talked with us about Ugh. nutrition and food you so remember great. eat the rainbow yeah <laughs> like that's a that's a big thing there um, i listen to that a lot i really like it's it's a really packed with a lot of full information and things that you might want to get vitamins and supplements and really great idea we had great guests this year we really yeah. did um we talked to jennifer steinberg jenny steinberg about asexuality great Jill. uh and we had our friend jill anonymous on to talk with us about the harvey weinstein stuff and, and then you and i had some interesting conversations about 13 reasons why and and horror movies so, teen suicide teen suicide so it was, yeah. it was you know we may have only gotten nine in this year but i feel like they were education packed <laughs> i hope they were interesting to you guys as they were to us we're so grateful to do this it's so fun and we're just very grateful for you all so as i always say be as authentically yourself as you can possibly stand and as wendy always says <laughs> stay open <laughs> Woo! Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Happy holidays! Woo-hoo! All I want for Christmas. I love it. Doses, people. Saying have fun. Bye. I don't want a lot for Christmas. This is all I'm asking for. No, I just wanna see my baby standing right outside my door. I just want you for my own, more than you could ever know. My wish come true You know that all I want For Christmas Is you Is you Now they know It's Christmas time
just know you two is in there and Bono. And, oh my god, I love. Okay, I'm gonna go. It's okay. It's okay to be your authentic self, you know, and, and be real with who you are. 